With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Stephen Nill, CEO of CharityChannel.com. So, you want your charity to succeed. You came to the right place. Integration of online and offline techniques is the key to your fundraising success and practical advice on going green is what you need. With this show, The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart, you will learn from experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Our host is Ted Hart, one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. His books range from successful online fundraising to use of social media and how to make your nonprofit green. His guests are leaders in their field who will share tips and trade secrets for nonprofit management, green strategy, and fundraising success. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you maneuver through this economic downturn in the charitable sector to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. And now, here's Ted. Hey, and good afternoon. We are live here from the nation's capital on Wednesday, June 9th, and you are live on the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. Don't forget, we've got a great show today, some historic announcements here from Giving USA. Uh, don't miss the opportunity to call into the show today at 347-324-3080 and get a chance to speak to our terrific uh, page two guest experts today. But as always, we start on page one with the news, so on to page one. And over here on page one, we've got uh, a very interesting and heartwarming story here on tonic.com uh, where a seven-year-old boy has raised $8,500 for Alzheimer's research uh, through the writing and online sales of his very own comic strip. Uh, and uh, so his comic book uh, is, uh, is put out, uh, and it's called John's Comics. And, of course, we've got the link for this heartwarming story and your opportunity, if you would like to uh, support John, uh, you can order a copy of John's Comics uh, for just $5 on his website, and you'll find that over in the radio links. Now, something new here on the Nonprofit Coach today uh, is that you can click on the radio links right on our radio homepage. So go to tedhartradio.com, and uh, you'll be able to, right on today's episode, uh, find a link that calls it Radio Links, and you'll be able to uh, get all the links uh, for today's show. Next up, uh, important information over on Mashable Social Media, and that is uh, the Associated Press, who is well-known for putting out a style book uh, for all things journalistic, has added 42 new guidelines for social media. 
Uh, so if you're uh, wondering or, or uh, trying to determine uh, how to spell uh, uh, email or things of that sort, website uh, has now officially been changed from two words uh, to one word, which most of us have been using it as one word uh, for quite some time. So if you're interested in what's official, the AP Style Book, uh, with their 42 new guidelines for social media, is over in the radio links at tedhartradio.com. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach is a very interesting story that we have. We're going to share a little bit of a, a clip for you uh, to bring you up to date on what's happening in Second Life. Yeah, Second Life is still alive, and there's a nonprofit commons that can provide you with some very interesting opportunities uh, to support and promote nonprofit organizations right in Second Life. Uh, so let's give a little bit of a listen to some information about nonprofit commons hosted by TechSoup in Second Life. Health savings is collaborating globally with countless others from the privacy of your own computer without the carbon cost of flying. Second Life itself is low cost. The basic account is free, and our nonprofit Commons Islands are donated land that gives you the opportunity to set up virtual shops at no charge. Any organization, no matter how small or how little their budget is, can benefit from this social networking space. This world can enhance your existing missions by tapping into the rich, innovative nature of a community of early adopters. And not to forget, awareness in the virtual world often translate into actual, real-world donations. So how can you join the Nonprofit Commons in Second Life? Well, you can start by visiting our website, nonprofitcommons.org, going to our wiki, and subscribing to our Google group. Or just follow the conversation on Twitter at NPSL for Nonprofits in Second Life. Of course, you can also email us, community at techsoup.org. But the best way is to jump right into Second Life and attend our meetings, held every Friday morning at 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific Time. We're also an official member of the Community Gateway Project. Once you create an avatar at secondlife.com and identify yourself as a nonprofit, you'll be promptly teleported to the Nonprofit Commons Archipelago. There, we will provide you with everything you need to get started on your journey. Be sure to join the TechSoup group once you're in Second Life. Then just roll up your sleeves and come help us change the world, one avatar at a time. Well, thank you so much to the fine folks over at TechSoup. Uh, for bringing us the nonprofit commons. I love the idea that they have a weekly meeting uh, so you can join them as early as this Friday. And of course, all the information is available at tedhartradio.com. Uh, click on the radio links. Uh, next up, we've got the fine folks over at Karma411 uh, who are going to be hosting the nonprofit coach, myself, in a webinar. So don't miss the opportunity to register for this free webinar where we can go a little bit deeper and follow some of the stories that we've been covering uh, here on the nonprofit coach radio show. I'm going to be live on their webinar. Tuesday, June 15th, 3 p.m., so you can register right online. Go to the radio links at tedhartradio.com, and you can register. Also, if you have uh, any problem with that, feel free to email me at tedhart at tedhart.com. Next up here on uh, the Nonprofit Coach, 
It's some really interesting information, and I've been talking to you uh, for weeks about LinkedIn and all the various opportunities that are available for nonprofit organizations. Well, you'll find in the radio links today uh, some uh, actual uh, advice from LinkedIn, specifically for nonprofits, uh, where they're talking about advanced searching, posting questions, joining groups, so lots of opportunities for you there. And I do have a little bit of a clip from uh, from the uh, uh, their, the training sessions that they have over on the uh, on the nonprofit uh, uh, section of LinkedIn, uh, and they've got some new posting services. So let me bring you up to date here on LinkedIn services for nonprofits. Updating your status or sharing news articles are easy ways to help your network learn more about you, and this builds your professional reputation. Just type a note or paste a link into the sharing box. You can then choose to make your post visible to anyone who visits your profile or just to your connections. You may also edit the sample text to include a key quote that your network might find interesting. And make sure the Twitter box is checked to publish the same content to your Twitter feed. Sharing content every day is a great way to build a reputation in your industry. Try sharing ideas, news articles, events you plan to attend, and job opportunities. Well, we've got lots of opportunities available for uh, for nonprofit organizations. Uh, also, just to let everyone know, uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach, you can also uh, go to our homepage, tedhartradio.com, and you can join our online chat as well. So I do see someone over in the chat room right now. Uh, everyone can join us there, or don't forget, you can call into the show today and talk to our guest experts by dialing 347 324 3080. So I'm uh, looking forward to uh, having some good calls today because we've got some very exciting uh, information available for you uh, today from Giving USA. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach uh, is more information from TechSoup. They're doing some great stuff over there. And in our radio links today, you're going to find the link to a uh, webinar that they're going to have tomorrow, June 10th at 11 a.m. Pacific. Uh, and you can sign up for this. And the reason why I'm encouraging you to do this is this is specifically on product donation program. So that you, you can learn how to get even more information uh, from or more uh, content and software uh, free of charge or at very low cost. Uh, for uh, uh, your organization, uh, specifically uh, for uh, from TechSoup's, uh, 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 they have a program called TechSoup um, Stock uh, that allows you to get donated software from a variety of different vendors, including Microsoft and Adobe and others, and they're going to tell you all about that and what the restrictions might be. Also up on the radio links today uh, is, again, from TechSoup, they've got something very special for you from Google. Uh, Google has a lot of applications. Of course, everything online and on mobile today is all about apps. Well, they have a premier edition that is specifically geared for nonprofit organizations um, that allow you to make enterprise use of Gmail, Google Calendar, Google Talk, Google Docs, uh, Google Sites, Google Video, and Google Groups. So lots of Google things there. Many of them we've talked about here on the Nonprofit Coach. And now you've got an opportunity to get 
40% discount or $30 per user uh, per year for all of those services in an enterprise capacity. Uh, so check that out on the radio links today, uh, and you'll get more information uh, about uh, how your organization can reach out and utilize these free services available to you from TechSoup. So don't miss that opportunity. Uh, next up here on uh, the, uh, the nonprofit coach uh, is uh, uh, a request from BlackBot. And we've got a lot of friends over at BlackBot. We appreciate everything that they've uh, been doing in terms of researching uh, for the nonprofit sector. And right now you'll find in the radio links that they are beginning their 2010 North American uh, State of the Nonprofit Industry Survey. Now, they do these surveys around the world. This is part of their global effort. So what we want to do is make sure that we get as many nonprofits to complete this survey so that uh, we have a more complete view of the nonprofit sector. But you'll also find, if you're wondering what is the State of the Nonprofit Industry Survey all about, you'll also find in the radio links today at tedhartradio.com uh, you will also find uh, the latest surveys just released for the European results and for the United Kingdom results. So these reports are now out. They're very important to, uh, to uh, the industry uh, in the United Kingdom and in uh, Europe. And now the survey is starting uh, right here in the United States. So I, I don't want you to miss the opportunity to be part of that survey. And, of course, they're going to give you some incentives. They're going to give you an opportunity uh, to uh, get, uh, earn a free Dell computer. Uh, and even more importantly for your organization is that you will receive a free copy of the results of the survey if you also participate in the survey. So this is a very important opportunity for all of us to give back by uh, learning uh, a little bit and also learn more about the nonprofit sector right here in the United States. Now, how can I possibly be right now on June 9th, just a couple days away from the World Cup, which is, albeit not in the United States, the biggest sporting event, but around the world, nothing compares to the World Cup. And of course, the World Cup this year is in South Africa. And I've got a real treat for you today. Uh, David Barnard uh, is going to uh, join us here in just a second. And he's going to give us a direct view of what is happening in uh, South Africa. Africa right now with nonprofit organizations, how they're preparing for the World Cup, and more importantly, he's also got a big announcement about a series of trainings that are going to take place in South Africa uh, in September. So, David, are you here with us on the Nonprofit Coach? Yes, Ted. Uh, good evening from Johannesburg. Good evening to Johannesburg. David, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on the Nonprofit Coach. Of course, around the world, uh, people are waiting with anticipation for the start of the World Cup. You're right there in Johannesburg. What's it like to be in Johannesburg on the eve of the World Cup? You know, today was a national day, which we called United We Stand. So at 12 o'clock, um, Noon today, everyone basically poured out of their offices into the streets and uh, blow their vuvuzelas, the, the plastic horn that will become very famous during uh, the next five or six weeks around the world. And it was an absolutely amazing feeling. I think as I'm sitting in my office, it's, I still have goosebumps from what happened this afternoon. I think... Um, if there were any doubt about what this tournament is going to mean, not from a, from a sport point of view, but also 
in terms of its impact on South African society, I think today just confirmed that, and, and I think we're all looking forward to uh, five fantastic weeks. Well, David, thank you for bringing that view so richly to the nonprofit coach today. Of course, you're with an organization called Sangonet, uh, which has a huge platform in the NGO community uh, in uh, South Africa. Uh, in our radio links today, we've provided uh, the uh, listeners here on the nonprofit coach uh, with an opportunity to see all of the NGO support messages for Bafana Bafana. Now, what is Bafana Bafana? Bafana Bafana is the the nickname of the national um, soccer team. It was given to them just when South Africa was um, re um, uh, you know when South Africa entered the international world again in post '94. And initially the team did very bad. So Bafana Bafana was basically means uh, boys boys. So it was kind of meant in a negative way. But over the years it's become uh, it's, it's been used in a more, more uh, subtle, a more friendly manner. And today, Bafana Bafana is really uh, a very uniting term um, for the soccer team in the same way we call um, the rugby team, the Springboks, whatever. So they have their nicknames, and today, Bafana Bafana is really a term that is uniting uniting this country behind its soccer team. And although over the past few years it's a team that has really struggled, I, I think Bafana Bafana is going to surprise many a team over the next few weeks. And because of the, home, the, the hometown support, I think, is going to take this team to, to the next level. Well, if there's anything like the energy that uh, you're sharing with us right now, we certainly wish all of our friends in South Africa a great deal of success in uh, hosting as the world's eyes turns to South Africa in the World Cup. Now, you've got an exciting announcement that I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about today uh, with a series of lectures um, called Fundraising in the Digital World. This is also available in our radio links today. Uh, so, David, uh, before uh, we wrap up our time today, uh, can you give us an opportunity to have a look into what is this all about, what's happening in South Africa in September? Thanks, Ted. So um, Sangonet is basically one of the very few um, NGOs and nonprofits in Africa dealing with technology for, for nonprofits. We have been hosting a, a national a annual national conference since 2005, every year taking a, another topic or theme. Last year we focused on the whole broad issue of social media and, and the nonprofit sector. This year we're going to shift the focus to the whole area of fundraising and using the online space or using the digital world from a fundraising perspective. And obviously, we're very pleased to announce that, that you will be our keynote speaker at the event from the 1st to the 2nd of September here in Johannesburg. Unfortunately, post-World Cup, but I'm sure you're still going to, to feel, feel the vibe in the air. And then we're also going to go to Cape Town in Johannesburg, two of the other main cities, and have one-day seminars there that will be hosted and, and, and presented um, by yourself. So we're very excited about this. You know, online fundraising is very much still in its infancy in South Africa, but because of the World Cup and many other interventions of the last couple of years, we have embarked on a new era of Internet access in this country, you know, all the various cables coming into the country today. So I think in the next few years we're really going to have significant broadband capacity in the country, even about the fact that every South African already have a cell phone. 
So I think it's a fertile environment to explore the opportunities presented by various online media in support of the fundraising or the resource requirements of the nonprofit sector. So hopefully with your input and your participation, we, can, we, can, we, we will learn from the bigger picture in the rest of the world, we will learn from the experiences in other parts of the world, and we will localize it to, to obviously the circumstances and environment in South Africa. So that is what I'm very happy and very pleased to, to share with your listeners, and obviously through yourself and your participation in the event, Hopefully this is also a medium through which one can provide feedback, not only on the event itself, but also on, in terms of how we make progress in South Africa in coming years. Well, David, thank you again for the invitation. I'm looking forward to getting back to, uh, to South Africa and to working with the fine folks uh, at SangoNet. Thank you for calling in uh, this evening for you, this afternoon for us uh, here on The Nonprofit Coach. David, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Ted. And now uh, finishing up here on uh, page one news here on the Nonprofit Coach, just a reminder, uh, don't forget that you can call in and ask a question of our page two experts today uh, at 347-324-3080. And we have a big historic announcement here today uh, for you from Giving USA. Back to page one. Uh, Yahoo goes all in with Facebook. Read all about it from TechCrunch. Uh, dot com. Uh, when you go to Facebook, you're now going to see they are completely and fully integrating uh, with Facebook, and we're providing you with the screenshots from the new pages for Yahoo Pulse. Uh, so uh, if, for those of you who may wonder that, you know, is 450 million people enough uh, for Facebook, certainly a big vote of confidence from the folks at Yahoo to so deeply integrate uh, Facebook, and all of this is coming uh, to Yahoo. So if you're a big Yahoo fran f uh, fan, uh, you're going to see just what it looks like with Facebook Connect now becoming part of the Yahoo homepage uh, for deep integration. So watch for that and read all about it at tedhartradio.com. Next up is from our fine folks over at GuideStar. They have a giveaway uh, for healthcare organizations, the most reviewed health or medical research organization will win $5,000 from GuideStar. Uh, if you are an organization whose mission focuses on health or medical research, uh, you can now go to GuideStar and seek to get at least 10 reviews on GuideStar uh, or great nonprofits, and they're going to show you how to do that. Of course, we've got all the information for you right at tedhartradio.com. Click on radio links, and you'll be able to read all about the GuideStar Health giveaway. Um, next up and final here on the Nonprofit Coach page one uh, is a very fine book called Measuring Everything. It's just a little booklet, a uh, free ebook, uh, if you will, available from Network for Good. Uh, and what they're providing you is analytics and measurement techniques that you should be using uh, if you are currently employing activities over on Facebook. Definitely worth a read. Uh, could be a little bit more in-depth. Uh, but uh, I think for just a, a quick read and an opportunity to learn more about Facebook, I certainly endorse this and encourage you to take a good read of uh, measuring everything uh, over on Network for Good. You can find that at tedhart.com in the radio links. And now without uh, any further ado, we're going to move on to page two.
on a nonprofit go to our page two expert is actually two of uh, a very good friends uh, here of the nonprofit coach and that's Nancy Rabin uh, who is the chair of Giving Institute and past chair of the Giving USA Foundation and Melissa Brown uh, who is the managing editor of Giving USA a publication of the Giving USA Foundation and associate director of research at the Indiana University Center on Philanthropy. Nancy and Melissa, are you here with us on the Nonprofit Coach? Uh, Melissa's here. Can you hear me? Oh, hey, there's Melissa. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, Ted. Nancy's just stepped out of the room. She'll be back here in just a moment. Hey, no problem at all. We're uh, just uh, getting started here on page two. Uh, just by way of a little bit of background, uh, the Giving USA uh, group has just released today, Giving USA 2010. Uh, this is, I believe, your 55th year. That makes this a historic uh, report. But also the information that you have to share with us today is quite historic, uh, given the amount of money and what's been happening in giving here in the USA. Uh, so. Uh, do you want to get started? Um, how far away is Nancy? I'm here. Oh, Nancy, hey, thank you so much for joining us here. You're welcome. On the nonprofit. Uh, don't forget, everybody, you can call in to 347-324-3080, uh, or you can jo join us in the chat room, uh, and you can ask questions there. Or if you're really shy, uh, you can just email me at tedhart at tedhart.com and ask questions of our guests uh, today and of course our guests uh, today uh, are uh, Nancy Rabin uh, uh, is uh, here with us uh, from the uh, uh, Giving USA uh, uh, Giving Institute and Melissa Brown, managing editor of Giving USA. Uh, so, ladies, uh, you've got a big announcement today uh, regarding what has happened uh, with giving uh, in this down economy in 2009 with the release today. So proud to have you here on the Nonprofit Coach as your official uh, launch of uh, Giving USA is today. Take it from, from there and fill us in on what's happening with giving in the United States. Well, Today we announced the results that uh, giving in 2009 uh, fell just a small amount, 3.6 percent, uh, to $303 billion. Um, what we're most proud of and what all Americans should be proud of is that we've had three straight years of giving over $300 billion. Um, Ninety percent of that money comes from individuals uh, when you consider family foundations, individual giving, and uh, giving from bequests. Uh, so we all have something uh, to, to look at and say it was a terrible year last year in many respects, uh, but we're optimistic about the American generous spirit. The charitable giving in the United States, of course, is uh, 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 unprecedented uh, in its, its long history of giving to so many different organizations. One of the things that unfortunately is historic about your announcement today, correct me if I'm wrong, is that this is the first time in history that we've had a decline in giving two years in a row. Is that correct? Um, yes, that is correct. It's a decline in inflation-adjusted dollars two years in a row. Um, and. It, Except for some bequests in, in 2008 that we now know were, were uh, reported, it would have been a de declining current dollars. That's the dollars you walk around with in your pocket. Uh, in 1960, $10, and in 2010, $10. It's all current dollars. Um, it, we, the toll of the recession has been um, very noticeable for charities, and it's not just in giving. It's in, in many other types of finances as well. Um, 
we do know that individuals, foundations, and to some extent corporations stepped up their giving deliberately in 2009 in order to help uh, human services charities in particular and some other types meet the tremendous human service needs uh, in our country uh, during the, this past year. Um, I, I know many nonprofits themselves did not experience an increase in giving. Uh, we, we have evidence that at least half uh, found that giving fell in their organization, but there's another half or, or thereabouts where giving stayed the same or actually increased. Um, so it's important to take into account that we report the national figures, but they don't necessarily reflect what any one particular charity experienced. It's right. So some charities have seen much deeper declines, and some have have uh, been able to uh, to grow. Uh, Nancy, as we um, sort of uh, peel back the onion uh, a bit on what the this decline really means, one of the areas that, of course, as professionals, we've always uh, counted on is the generosity of individuals and what a large percentage when you take bequests and individual giving uh, together represent uh, and I believe that individuals declined 4.6% last year and that's on top of a 6.1% uh, drop the year before. Um, does your research show us whether or not this is solely relying on the economy, or is there a decline in individual giving in an underlying capacity that is rolling forward for uh, the United States? I'm going to have Melissa answer that question, because as we revise the numbers with better information, some of those numbers have changed. So let's try this again. Okay. <laughs> they said it is true that individual giving is a very important part of uh, total giving, 75% from living individuals in, in uh, 2009. Um, we've seen several things going on all at once, um, and some of the trends cancel each other out. So one of the things that's happening is uh, an increase in high net worth individuals in our country, uh, greater concentration of wealth. And last year we saw uh, at least five donors make very large gifts that were paid, uh, usually to foundations, and that goes in individual giving. Um, if those gifts had not been there, then uh, Giving USA's estimate of individual giving would have declined uh, by, by more than a, a percent in, in 2009. As it is, we have about a, um, a, almost no decline at all, but that includes these very large gifts um, specifically to foundations that, um, that helped drive up that total. We also see that um, households give uh, uh, their annual fund gifts from their income. And we know from other research that households that have made commitments to charities will tend, about 60% of those households will tend to give year in and year out, whether the economic times are um, good or bad. They feel a commitment to those charities and they continue to, to maintain their charitable giving. So uh, nonprofit organizations can rely on annual fund gifts from um, the donors who, who have already been steady donors to their organizations. It's the capital and endowment gifts that we think declined the most during, during these past few years. And we've heard a confirmation of that from entities that study that kind of giving, um, it, it gifts to education, gifts to hospitals. What we've seen um, through our consultants who are working with clients across the country is a lot of the giving requests were shifted from endowment giving to current income gifts. So instead of endowing the scholarship, the funds to fund that scholarship for the current year were given. That was a very successful appeal. Um, we've also seen that some donors don't wish to have their gift um, fully acknowledged and acclaimed by the organization. So what might be very nice million-dollar gifts 
are somewhat soft-pedaled right now, and uh, whether it's modesty um, or it's just not wanting to be so open in these times, um, we've seen a lot of that. So we're sort of in the middle of, of, of trends and what changes are going on. One thing we see right now is that more organizations are better organized, have multiple ways of, of requesting gifts, and are out there in force asking for money from their donors. Melissa touched on something that's really what we call habits. People have habits in terms of giving, and if in the end of the year, the last two weeks of the year, they felt better, the economy felt a little better to them, and they had organizations had expectations that they would give gifts, they wrote checks. And they probably wrote more checks those last two weeks, we only know anecdotally, um, than they expected they would have done in the beginning of 2009. Now, there's a big decline uh, this last year in bequest giving um, year over year, and your analysis shows that the majority of that is really due to some extraordinarily large gifts uh, in 2008 rather than uh, necessarily a change in bequest giving habits? Yes. Yes. When we initially estimated 2008... Answer, um, um, can you give us a little bit more of a look into what's happening in bequests right now? Sure. This is Melissa. And when we initially estimated 2008 giving in the edition that came out last year at this time, we did not know of um, some very significant estates that had, it turned out later, filed their estate tax returns in 2008. So that drove up, when those, when those estate tax returns were uh, completed and, and reported by the IRS, that drove up the estimate for 2008, it drove it up by about $9 billion. It's a big chunk. It's almost half of a total bequest giving. There's just, there were some people who had extremely generous charitable bequests in their estates. Um, so, of course, if it goes up in one year and we're now back at sort of normal, the normal level of charitable bequest giving, that the bounce up in 2008 is now just we're, we're sliding back down to a, a standard level of bequest giving in 2009. Um, with the, there are changes in bequest giving behavior. We know that from other sources, um, but uh, they aren't really impacting this total at this point. Okay, so you're not seeing anything necessarily alarming for uh, charity managers in terms of how they might be approaching their fundraising. Uh, you see it as, as a fairly typical bequest market right now? I've heard anecdotally that um, people are concerned about their future financial security and less willing to make uh, commitments now for what might remain in their estate in the future just because they have, they, they're concerned about outliving their assets. We've also seen right. development directors less willing to ask for a bequest gift um, if they can get a current cash gift. Okay. So there are numbers going on. Decline the decline of 23.9% uh, does represent a significant portion of the charitable bequest market. Uh, and so I'm just trying to help managers understand, you know, is there a message there? I don't think so. No, it's, it's a decline from an artificial high, if you will, that resulted from just a few estates that, that filed in 2008. Often okay, organizations so don't like to invest in, in building out their planned giving program because it is a lot of upfront work for a payoff that's many years away. And organizations, giving any kind of message that would encourage organizations to stop investing in planned gifts 
I think would be a mistake uh, because those organizations that we have seen who've kept up steady investment are reaping the rewards from the efforts they placed 20 years ago. Yeah, and that, and that of course, is, is the big message of, of bequests, is that this, this is something that you plan for uh, for your own uh, future of your organization. Let's look a little bit deeper into uh, your report, which, of course, in most of us find absolutely fascinating uh, each year, just all of the various data points that you pull together. Uh, Melissa, can you get – I know you're sort of the, the guru, uh, and I've been honored to, uh, to serve on your advisory group uh, for a number of years. Can you give our listeners a sort of a, a thumbnail on where does all this data come from? How do you come to all these conclusions? Um, how, how do you actually arrive at these numbers? Sure. I'd be happy to do that, Ted. Um, I'll try to keep it uh, the version that won't put people to sleep. Um, the estimates all, it's a very tested model. So these are all um, forecasting models. We develop estimates based on historical relationships between giving and other uh, economic indicators. And um, the, this work was all done by uh, specialists in this, this area, this type of uh, economic modeling. Uh, and we use the same procedures for the sources side, except for foundations, and for all, most of, not quite all, but most of the types of recipients. So for example, um, we know that for individual giving, there's a very strong relationship between changes in personal income, changes in the stock market, especially the Standard & Poor's 500 index, and changes in tax rates and our recent year changes in giving, all of those, those changes that occurred in 2009 help us predict uh, what giving uh, would, will be when we get the tax returns in 2011 um, for, for itemized deductions. After we develop the estimates, we actually get the uh, data from the IRS and then we make revisions. So. Um, I mentioned these largest states that drove up the 2008 total by $9 billion. That's because the Internal Revenue Service released data about uh, charitable bequests that were made in 2008. We got that data in 2009. We won't get individual giving for a few years. We won't get subsector giving for a few years. When we do, we'll, we'll make revisions. Is, does that often dramatically change the results, or, or do you find that while one area may go up or down, it, it levels itself out in terms of year over year? Um, for the total uh, amount of giving, Giving USA since 20, uh, 2001 has been within 2%, 2 to 3% of the actual total when we get the final data from the IRS. So the, the estimating procedures are, uh, have been extremely accurate um, over the 10 years or so that the Center on Philanthropies worked on this, this research. Melissa, thank you. Um, let's delve into a little bit more of some of the details from my understanding of reading these reports for a number of years uh, is that the big buckets of money are, of course, uh, lion's share comes from individuals, uh, a percentage of that comes from bequests, and then, of course, the other two big buckets are foundations and corporations. Uh, can the two of you give us some insight? My understanding is that foundations were down, corporations were up, messages, uh, strategy for nonprofit executives in terms of the next year? In terms of foundations, I mean, I think there, one, we saw some foundations go out of business. We saw some, we saw, clearly the endowments in these foundations have dropped. Um, their giving practices are under review. Um, their areas of focus are under review. Some foundations tried to make up uh, giving 
where they knew other foundations had gone out of business. Um, you know, I, I think we're seeing a decline. Uh, I think we're seeing other foundations trying to struggle to figure out how to provide more resources to uh, organizations in need. On the corporate side, you know, we've seen an increase in the non-cash gifts, uh, pharmaceuticals and technology. Uh, we have clients that have benefited greatly by the contributions of in-kind pharmaceuticals um, that have been items that they would have had to purchase with resources they didn't have. So it's a tremendous benefit to many international organizations and health organizations and community organizations. Um, so it, it's encouraging. Also on the corporate side, you know, again, I'm here in New York. Um, we see that the galas, although downsized, um, are still continuing, and the corporations um, are very much involved in buying tables um, out of certain budget lines and making those philanthropic gifts, and they're continuing to do so. Uh, the cause-related marketing and the, the marketing dollars may have declined, but we don't show that in Giving USA. One of the uh, longer-term trends in, in corporate giving is the emphasis on uh, signature pro programs or strategic programs that um, give the, the corporation a certain uh, the tie with the corporation's brand and its image. So many nonprofit groups experience a decline in, corporate, in gifts from corporations, in part as corporations um, pull back from broad-spread community support and really focus their giving in, in one or two uh, topic areas. And I know that's been a wrenching change for uh, nonprofit managers in our community and probably elsewhere as well to try to um, develop strong relationships with corporations where the corporation thinks that the community organization I mean, is, is aligned with the corporation's strategic uh, goals. And that's a nice transition um, in what we've been seeing here on the Nonprofit Coach and certainly in our newsletter and in the work that, uh, that we do is that a lot of corporations this last year have really been jumping into online fundraising, social media, um, and uh, supporting charities in that way. Um, yep. I'll be uh, releasing my annual uh, estimate of online giving, specifically a subset of what you folks do uh, this Friday at Fundraising Day in New York. Um, and not to you know steal away from uh, that announcement, it's one of the few areas that we have seen a growth in giving. Um, anything coming out of your data that is showing um, things that are happening online, mostly with individuals, some corporations, how is online affecting the work that you do? Sure. We don't see the online giving in, at the Giving USA level because we are working with uh, tax returns that are filed by individuals and, and they don't report necessarily how they made the gift. But I do know from other work that the Center does, the Center on Philanthropy does, that um, the use of social media, the kinds of competitions, for example, that uh, some of the financial institutions and beverage companies have uh, run recently, have been a really interesting way to engage uh, the online community in charitable causes, the whole vote, you know, vote for which charities. You mentioned one <laughs> just a little bit earlier, um, that these kinds of things do make a difference for the charitable organizations that are, are getting the publicity and getting the, the ultimate uh, when they get the top prize. That, however, isn't really the strongest type of giving for most charities. It's an introductory gift, and the stronger challenge is going to be how to turn that online donation or a Facebook friend or fan into somebody who becomes a long-term donor. 
Um, I mean, those gifts stick, become important. It's been the long-term problem of the huge investment charities make in direct mail, that if you can't move those donors up, if you can't keep them as your donor, it's a huge investment for not a long-term return. So we counsel you know, organizations that these methods are important, but you have to have a next step and a third step um, in order to keep these donors as your donors. Yeah. Exactly, and one of the things that, that we counsel is making sure that there is good integration of online and offline, being realistic about how these tools uh, work together. I'll be covering a lot of those topics in the webinar that I'll be doing on Tuesday with karma411.com. Uh, um, we do have a, a question here uh, from Julianne uh, in Chicago, um, and it, I guess it could be to either one of you. Uh, specifically, what are you seeing in terms of trends Will foundations come back? Will giving from foundations change? Giving from foundations will come back as their asset base comes back. Uh, whether it will be increased contributions to those foundations as family foundations or as the stock market improves, I think we're going to see changes in foundation giving. Mm-hmm. Um, my hunch is that they don't that that they want to be leaders in philanthropy. Uh, they want to focus their philanthropy. Um, they want to take care of needs as well, but my sense is that there are going to be some changes. I've seen young people with significant resources putting foundations together and thinking about how they're giving in a very different way as well. So I think we, we will see some changes into processes and into uh, giving mm-hmm. patterns. Is this a trend that we could... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say we've already seen a shift toward program-related investments. Um, that's one way that the foundation uses its assets and keeps them too, um, because they make the loan and then low interest, loan, perhaps lo- uh, low interest loan for a charitable purpose. But the, ultimately, the loan is repaid, and then the foundation has that asset still back in its um, on its balance sheet. That's one thing that that foundations have done to maintain their support for the nonprofit sector uh, during this period. And I would expect that, as Nancy suggests, is a kind of change that might endure even when the uh, the market comes back three separate areas uh, in the charitable market um, uh, from your report saw increase. And I'm wondering if there's a backstory that you can either professionally derive or data derive from the fact that international aid, environmental, and animal-related groups uh, all saw uh, some either minor increases or, in the case of international aid, uh, a pretty healthy increase. Um, uh, year over year. Um, in a bad market where we're two years in a row historically having a decline in giving, how did they do it? Why did they do it? And is there a backstory there? Backstory on the international giving? Well, we haven't had the huge disasters um, last year that we've had in previous years. And the terrible earthquake in Haiti happened in, in 2010. Uh, but a number of, of what we're seeing is a number of charities involved in international aid programs in Africa, programs about AIDS um, are very appealing to a younger generation of donors, and those organizations have been quite successful in getting individual corporate and foundation money uh, to support their efforts. So we've seen a, a significant interest in that area um, on the international side. In terms of human services and healthcare, um, those are areas that traditional, traditionally receive greater amounts of, of resources during recessions. 
We didn't see that at the close of 2008 because the recession wasn't clear to us to the last quarter. Um, and a lot of these community-based organizations, uh, uh, health organizations, weren't fully mobilized um, as some other organizations to get their message out and to raise the money. But they certainly did a fantastic job in 2009. Three areas that historically, since you, you brought up sort of the historical nature of uh, health organizations drawing a good amount of donations, three areas that have historically drawn very healthy giving in the past, religion, education, and public society benefit groups, um, all fell um, during uh, this uh, great recession. Um, any story there in terms of organizations or advice that your organization might give from what you're seeing in the data, uh, any blips there or anything that those organizations ought to be doing more of uh, to stem that tide? A number of the um, UJA federations did extremely well last year. They were on a fiscal year that ended uh, that ends in June, uh, and so they had a terrific year prior to any announcement of any recession. This year, they were out in force in terms of, of soliciting gifts, had a reasonably good year, uh, but again, it's a larger field, and it wasn't just these groups. The United Ways, you know, clearly there have you know, the comment has been there's less workplace giving. There have been fewer in people mm -hmm. in general. Not just because of unemployment, but just less workplace giving over time. Mm -hmm. And that has, and, and as those individuals have taken their charitable gifts and given them directly to institutions, we've seen some of that as well. Um, you know, the story for all of these organizations is, is multiple ways of asking for money, multiple revenue streams and just the very nature of asking for money. In the first part of the year, we saw many organizations just not ask. And that didn't pick up again until people felt more comfortable uh, as the stock market maintained a steady 10,000, um, that things didn't look awful. They looked bad, but not awful. Uh, and organizations felt comfortable asking again for gifts. Nancy, um, as we, we uh, uh, move towards the, the end of the, the show here, you started off um, the, uh, this segment, our page two segment today, uh, with actually some good news uh, in that you said that uh, one of the historic messages uh, uh, today, I, I mentioned it's your 55th uh, report. It's the, the, the downside is the second year in a row historically that we've seen a decline in giving. But you started off by saying uh, that some of the good news is, is that we maintained giving over $300 billion. Um, what's the message there? The message there is that this is, I don't want to be too corny here, but, you know, Americans are generous and Americans have habits. And it's hard to break some of those habits. And we can parse these numbers and we can talk about declines here and declines there. But we need to look um, at the overall trend in giving. And by the way, everyone can get a copy of Giving USA free um, by going to the website givingusa2010.org. Um, but if you look at the, the initial chart, giving keeps going up. Um, over a period of time. And while we've seen a decline this year, we're still in such great shape in terms of, of how deep Americans dig into their pockets to support charitable gifts, charitable organizations. Um, it's, 
So part of the message is that it could have been a whole lot worse. We're seeing a decline, but maintaining sort of that that, that hope for floor now of uh, $300 billion is significant uh, in sort of a backstop to a big decline in giving. Right, but and the other part that's important here is charities did suffer. There's no question about it. They have other sources of income, and those revenue lines suffered. Their, endowment er, their endowments were down, so the earnings from those endowments were down. <clears throat> their earned income was down, whether it's tuition or admissions, uh, uh, museum gift shops, shops etc. And uh, their government revenue. the government, the public revenue um, that many of these organizations have seen more of in the last five years is also down. So they clearly suffered, and uh, they curtailed programs and services. But the encouraging thing is that the charitable giving piece um, has maintained um, a fairly steady position. Taking into account the entire report and, and what we're seeing, both good and bad, uh, can you wrap it up for us, Nancy and uh, Melissa, in terms of what advice um, would you give to charitable organizations now putting together their plans uh, for soliciting gifts and for building communities uh, to really accentuate what works and what doesn't work from the data perspective, and I do want to uh, note to everybody that we do have a link uh, to the Giving USA 2010 site in the radio links today, and you can get that at tedhartradio.com. Um, so can you give us a summary of what you're seeing in the, in the data, 55 years of history of reporting uh, give, through Giving USA? What advice do you have to our audience? The leaders of nonprofit organizations, I would say, put together your fundraising plan for the next five years, focus on this year, take the numbers that you've put together in terms of your aspirational goals and raise them, um, and add some additional prospects to the list, uh, and take a lot of time out in the field talking to your donors and showing them the results uh, that your organization has achieved this year and aspires to achieve next year and the following year. But don't sit home and wallow with despair. Um, it's a time to be optimistic and it's a time to talk about what your organization is doing. It's a time to ask for gifts. If from the data, would it be fair to say that if you've been very focused and reliant on foundation giving, that you that now is a good time for you to really look at building out your individual giving, which continues to show strength over time, and possibly looking at corporate, which grew during the Great Recession where other areas went down. Is that sort of a good read of the data? No. No. I was, I'm sorry. I would say that organizations – to maximize all of the, the revenue streams. And because we've seen some declines this year, it does not mean to turn away from them. You need to maintain those relationships with those corporate and foundation supporters. Um, you know, a gift of 100000 instead of a gift of 150000 is still a great gift. A gift of 10000 instead of a gift of, you know, 100000 is also a great gift. Um, but you need to maintain multiple sources. The organizations that have done the best through this recession have had multiple sources, multiple revenue streams, and they've been able to keep in touch with each of them and keep them moving forward. But don't shift your resources away from plan giving. Do not shift your resources away from your corporate work or your foundation work. 
And for those organizations have not wanted to invest in individuals or they think the, you know, the future is only in online, they don't have a follow-up step after their online giving, um, then they're not making the best use of that investment in online. So, so the message here is continue building a diverse portfolio for giving and That's don't give up on any of the markets that you've worked on in the past. There's no reason to give up on any of the markets. And, and the That's integrated correct. use of multiple channels, which you mentioned uh, earlier and, and Nancy just stressed again, Ted, um, people can come to your organization from a variety of different approaches, and it's uh, how they stay there. That personal touch will, will help them yeah. stay there. The most important thing is to get up out of your chair, get into the field, and meet with your prospects and donors face-to-face. -face. Bring them to your organization and talk to them. Just because they can't give you the biggest gift they've ever given doesn't mean they don't love you. That's great. That's great advice. Uh, now the, the big question, I'm, I'm on uh, record for saying that I, I feel that uh, uh, charitable giving is going to either decline or stay flat through 2012. Uh, do you have a prediction of what's going to happen this year for the next Giving USA report? I don't think we're going to see huge increases. I'm really hoping it's flat and it's a slight increase. Um, Again, organizations are feeling a lot more confident um, and are out there asking for gifts. And people are feeling a little more confident and perhaps are providing those gifts um, throughout the year to those organizations. Nothing replaces hard work. Nancy Rabin, Chair of Giving Institute, and Melissa Brown, Managing Editor of Giving USA, thank you so much for being our guest here on The Nonprofit Coach and releasing the historic information today uh, for the 2010 Giving USA Report. Thank you for being our guest. Thank you, Ted. It's been a pleasure. terrific guests and a lot of wonderful information. Don't forget to get your copy of the Giving USA Report in the radio links at tedhartradio.com. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach is a look ahead. We will be back here next week on June 15th, Tuesday at 12 noon, where our very special guest will be Paulette Maihara, President and CEO of the Association of Fundraising Professionals. Don't miss that opportunity to be here uh, and to uh, learn from Paulette what comes next and some potentially big announcements about the next growth spurt at, at the Association of Fundraising Professionals. You can see me this week at the Fundraising Day in New York. I will be lecturing at the Marriott Marquis in Times Square, uh, so don't uh, miss the opportunity to come out and see me there. You can find all the information that you need at FRDNY or Fundraising Day in New York. Uh, org. Uh, and then uh, next week, right after our show, I'll be heading up uh, to Connecticut where I'll be giving uh, a lecture there and then up to upstate New York. So we've got an action-packed month ahead. Don't miss Paulette Myhara uh, next week here on The Nonprofit Coach. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us today, uh, and I will be right back here next week at 12 noon on Tuesday. Hi, this is Stephen Nill, CEO of...
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.